the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us as we get started at nine minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Monday, the 24th morning of the 10th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. We are... So close, my friends, so very close to saving this republic. We are now literally just two weeks away, two weeks from tomorrow, so two weeks in a day, away from saving and protecting and preserving this republic. Or, if you would rather be more accurate, as I have tried to do uh, in this regard, from recapturing this republic. It's already, quite frankly, been taken from us. And when I say us, I don't mean conservatives, I don't mean Republicans, I mean Americans. It's been taken from us because so much of what is going on right now in this country is uh, a complete uh, reversal of the foundational principles of this constitutional republic. We have to get it back. So we are, to be more precise, we are two weeks and a day away from recapturing uh, the glory that is this great nation. Glory for everyone of all colors, shapes, and sizes, and so forth. So uh, it's such a huge time in our lives. It really is, and I hope you are really, really taking it as seriously as all of that. I want to start this morning 
First of all, I've got one guest on the docket for us. Coming up in a half an hour or so, we're going to talk to Jim Jordan, as we do each and every uh, Monday morning. So that'll be at 9.35. He's got a lot of things we're going to talk about, including uh, the ongoing inf- uh, issue involving inflation. And how, by the way, it's it's so cute uh, how, how Nancy Pelosi says they have the answer to inflation. They have the answer. Democrats do. It's It's so cute. I mean... What a what a wonderful time for them to come up with the answer to inflation just a couple of weeks before the midterm elections. That they've got the solution. I was really, really just so so kind of so kind of sweet. Do, do you want to hear what it is? Listen to Nancy Pelosi telling you what the answer to inflation is. Well, come on now, Nance. Don't be shy. You had the idea. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. That's the solution to inflation, according to Nancy uh, Pelosi. When I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Change the subject. That's what we have to do. Change the subject. (laughs) That's how we... That's how we deal with inflation if we're Democrats. Don't let anybody talk about it. Holy cow. What are you kidding? Um, we're going to talk to Jim Jordan about inflation. He's got some different ideas, actually, about how to deal with inflation beyond, you know, just change the subject and don't talk about it. It's really kind of funny how they do that. So Jim Jordan will be coming up. Um, and I want to talk, uh, and we're going to talk today as we talk about saving this republic and, again, restoring this republic. I want to say thank you to those who, when I say we have to be active in these last two weeks, who really got it launched on Saturday night uh, at the IX Center for the Battleground Talkers Tour. Um, it was a wonderful event. It was a wonderful event. It, w- it, w- it was a little bit different than planned. Hugh Hewitt, as you heard this morning, told the story and rasped his way through his show. We've all done it in our business. I've done shows where you could barely hear me, but I didn't want to take the day off because what I had to say was too important, and I would rasp my way through it. Hugh did that this morning, and Hugh did that uh, on Saturday. He we just limited him uh, in his ability to talk because of that, uh, you know, that issue, that issue. So I did the moderating for him, and he did uh, part of the panel question answering. And between Hugh Hewitt and Brandon Tatum and Peter Kersenow and Eric Metaxas, um, I just I, I I got so much useful information, and I usually have most of the information. Just because it's what I do. I study it, and I try to prepare it and present it to you. But I love gathering in rooms with people like that because I learn more, including things. And even if it's not things that I've learned, new things, um, new ways to frame some of the issues, new ways to present and and uh, explain and educate and inform on some of those issues. And that's what I got from Eric Metaxas, from all four of them, really, literally, Um it was just such a beneficial thing for me. And because I did that and because I attended that and, yes, participated in it, but even those who just attended, um, if you're like me, you can take some of those things and then share them with other people, which I'm going to do this morning. And I'm going to do each and every day between now and, and Election Day. And that's what I, I mentioned to the crowd who was there. If you were If you were in attendance, I would certainly welcome your phone calls and your thoughts on how things went on the Battleground Talkers Tour. Did you take something a value away from Saturday night's discussion at the IX Center. Can you take the things that you found of value and share that value with other people who weren't there? Uh, 
people who may be like-minded in terms of their desire for you know, our constitutional republic to be restored, uh, but even people who maybe are more center-right or even just centrist, period. Um, did you take something from us that you can turn or take to them and turn them a little bit further to the direction we need them to go to preserve this country and to regain this country and to vote Republican on as many ballots as they can possibly, well, I shouldn't do that. That's how Democrats do it. They, they, they vote on multiple ballots on as many of the races on your ballot as you could possibly can. Did you take something like that away? I would love to hear your reactions to that because I took a number of things away and I'm going to start listing them and I'm going to start talking about some of them after I ask you to do what we always do and that is rise for our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, please stand. It's 9.15, so let's do this now before people forget all about it. Uh, put your hand on your heart, face your flag. If you don't have a flag, that's all right. Uh, just go ahead and imagine one. If you're driving, you don't have to stand, but put your hand on your heart and join us for this pledge. By the way, I've got a news story about your favorite former quarterback, the one that I always tell the leftists who don't believe in this country, Uh, that they can join instead of standing and pledging allegiance to this country. If you don't believe in what those stars and stripes stand for anyway, you can go ahead and take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. He's back in the news, and I'll tell you why in just a while. But for now, Patriots stand, and those of you who wish to kneel next to that ex-quarterback, go right ahead. For all of us who believe. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yeah, apparently Colin Kaepernick is uh, is is getting his own movie. <laughs> it's a documentary on Colin Kaepernick uh, that's in the works for ESPN. And they declare, by the way, uh, at least in the headline, this is what caught my attention yesterday. Uh, they declare that he works out. He gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day to work out, to remain prepared for when the chance to return to the NFL comes. It is just so much trash. And I probably don't have to tell you who the producer of such a Colin Kaepernick documentary would be. If you were to think of all of the famous producers, particularly those who are interested in race and racial segregation and racial issues and racial division, think of all of the Hollywood uh, star producers and directors. And you probably wouldn't have to think very long before you come up with Spike Lee. Yeah, it's a Spike Lee joint, this Colin Kaepernick documentary. And uh, they say he gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning just to make sure he's ready for when that call comes. He hasn't played in the NFL in over almost six years. And he has intentionally sabotaged multiple tryouts that he was given. Multiple, because he wants nothing to do with playing in the NFL anymore. Number one, he wasn't any good when he stopped. Number two, he isn't going to be any good when he tries to come back after three years, four years, and five years. And number three, he's making far too much money as an activist, far more than he would uh, than he would uh, make in a contract as a backup quarterback in the NFL. He wants nothing to do with this, but they're continuing that story. So we'll talk about that a little bit more a little bit later on. I want to go back to uh, Saturday night now, and I just want to offer a couple of um, of quick points. When I say that I learn things that I try to share with you, it was I think it was um, Eric Metaxas and then Curse and I kind of teaming up on a point uh, about the culture. Um, 
about th- I, it's not specifically about the trans agenda and it's not specifically about talking about pronouns versus um you know made up pronouns versus actual pronouns uh gender related pronouns and so forth it wasn't just that and it wasn't just about puberty blockers and radical surgeries and so forth they were talking about the goal behind the movement it's not about the people or the kids and their bodies. It's about control. And I think I've always known this, but I just hadn't heard it phrased this way before. And the way that I heard it phrased really kind of, you know, it simplified it for me. What is at stake here is control of your children's minds to the extent that they will then become adults whose minds are being controlled by the big government elites who want to subjugate the people. And this is what the, the far-left movement is, of course. They're pushing for socialism, they're pushing, pushing for Marxism, they're pushing for communism. And most of them who are really, really out there just make no bones about that. It's, it's brazen. And as a matter of fact, I saw a survey from Hillsdale College the other day that said um, the number of people who have a, a negative reaction when they hear the word socialism is on a very, very serious decline. Socialism doesn't frighten people like it used to. Socialism is is being considered by so many, particularly in the Gen Z uh, generation, it's considered to be somewhat um, romanticized, if not outright desirable. It's really a striking thing. Um, But the goal here is about socialism, Marxism, communism, and control of the minds of the people. And I'll give you an example here before our, our first break. Um, if classroom teachers and administrators from pre-K all the way through college, at least through high school, but certainly through college too, because they, of course, had a jump on this. They've been in this boat for a very, very long time. But at the pre-K and at the primary and at the middle school and at the senior high school levels, if teachers and administrators can force students to call obvious males females, if they can force at the tip of a spear, if you will, by way of demerits, detentions, suspensions, ostracization, and maybe even expulsions, if they can force kids to say that, yes, men can get pregnant, men can have babies, which is part of the trans agenda. If they can make them say and believe these biological impossibilities, then they can get them to say and believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Now you say, come on, don't go too far. No, 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 no. This is what I'm telling you. I learned this stuff at the Battleground Talkers Tour. Peter Kirsten now put this part in very clear perspective when he talked about Orwell. And for those who don't know uh, and did not read 1984 or even see the film, which was a pretty doggone good adaptation of the book, um, that's a core part of it. How many fingers do you see, four or five? And through psychological torture and repetition and physical torture as well to the point where uh, Winston Smith actually would see exactly what they told him to see, not even faking this is what they believed. This is what they made him believe. 
If you can teach and force a kid to repeat back to you that a man can be pregnant, that a boy is a girl, that a girl is a squirrel, if you can literally make them acknowledge these biological impossibilities, then you can make them repeat back to you mathematical impossibilities, such as 2 plus 2 equals 5. Once you take away the immutable laws of science and math, things that are not open to interpretation, it is so much easier to take away the rules or the norms for things that might be open to interpretation. If you can tell them to ignore all science and mathematical and statistical facts, things that are simply not in debate or in question because they are provably true over the course of the, in, in the eons of human history, then you can make them say anything. You can make them believe anything. A four-year-old today who is taught and even has on his, his phone, you know, if, depending on what age you're giving your kids their smartphones now, but if they have their little iPhones, they have little pregnant man emoji on there. Even It's so normalized. Teach your little kids that men can be pregnant, that men can have babies. Then you can teach them mathematical impossibilities as well. And if you can teach them mathematical, you're already doing grammatical impossibilities. Looking at an individual, sole, single human being, a biological female, and say, they, and not she. They is a plural pronoun. It is a plural pronoun indicating more than one individual. There is a plural possessive pronoun. But if you can look at one human being and say they and their and them instead of she and her and hers, then again, you can make them say anything. If you can make young children say anything, they will continue to develop their brains that way when they become older children, when they become adolescents, when they become young adults, when they become adults, and you now have essentially a population that can be mind-controlled. This isn't sci-fi, and this isn't over-the-top, and this isn't hyperbole, and this isn't exaggeration. This is precisely what is happening right now. And it's not just at the beginning stages of it. I think it's in the advanced beginning stages. I think we're pushing very, very close to being in the, in, in the heart of the process. So that's just one of the many, many things we talked about in great depth on Saturday. I want to talk more about those. I want to welcome you at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. We're going to talk with Jim Jordan coming up after the bottom of the hour news as well, so stick around for that. You're going to want to hear what he has to say this morning. As we continue on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. You need something different. This is Always Right with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Always right, indeed, all the time. 937 AM 1420, the answer. Congratulations to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats. Two weeks now before 
the midterm elections, they have found the answer to inflation. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. There it is. And it's the a, fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard him there, we have to change that subject. Three words, a three word solution to inflation in America for the Democrats. Change that subject. That's what they're trying to do. Unfortunately, we're not going to do that. We're going to actually talk about that subject and more as we welcome Congressman Jim Jordan back to our program, representing Ohio's 4th Congressional District. He is also the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. Congressman, good morning. Uh, good morning, Bob. I, I mean, first they told us it's transitory. Then they, but then, Well, first they said, no, it's not happening. Then it's transitory. Then they said, well, if we just spend more money, it'll go away. Now they're just saying, oh, just change the subject. What? <laughs> the, the, the American people have figured this all out in, in uh you know, in 15 days, they're, they're, I think they're going to speak in a big, big way. <clears throat> yeah, well, I think so, too. You know, it's, it's kind of amazing. That seems to be their, their go-to move is, you know, pretend it doesn't exist. Change the subject. Don't talk about it for things that they have no answer for. For example, the southern border. Don't go visit it, Joe Biden, and now 21 months yeah. as president. Don't go actually to the border. She went to El Paso, Texas, but not to the border, Kamala Harris. Uh, pretend it doesn't exist. Pretend it doesn't happen so you don't have to explain it away. And I see, it seems to be pretty effective for them, actually. Well, yeah, that's what they're trying. I don't, I don't know that it's going to be effective. In fact, I think it's not. Uh, you can, you can feel the momentum moving and and and, and everything moving in our direction. I, I said this morning in an interview, you, I think we're going to win every swing state senate race. I really, I think, I think Herschel's going to win in Georgia. I think, I think Ted Budd's going to win in Carolina. I think uh, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. JD's going to win in our state. You can feel that one. Uh, Senator Johnson's up and I think going to win in Wisconsin. Laxalt's going to win in Nevada. And I think Blake Masters is going to come back and win in Arizona. So I, I feel like it's moving. So they can try the, all they want. Um, you know, talking about, the, you know, talking about January 6th because they can't talk about inflation. They can't talk about the border. They can't talk about crime. They can't talk about gas prices. And so, um, yeah, they're going to try all that, but it's just not going to fly. Again, the American people, you know, this, your audience, the American people are smart people. They got common sense. They, they figured it out. And the Democrats can try all they want, but it's just not gonna, not gonna matter. Well, when I say that they've been, when I say, Congressman, that it's been effective for them, I agree with you, not necessarily politically, because I think they are gonna lose, and they're gonna lose big on November 8th. But what I mean is, Mm -hmm. they haven't been forced to change their policy. They haven't been forced to change anything, despite their, you know, their, their attempt to essentially say that's not a problem, that's not a problem. They continue to pour in, uh, by, by the, you know, millions, two and a half million across the border. The inflation rate continues to be staggeringly high americans continue to they're not forced to change their um you know well, their their ways and i know that's going to cost them in november but but americans are still paying the price no we are and that is that is uh, you know that's a reflection of the fact that we don't have any we're in the minority we, we can't we can't yeah. win a vote in, in, the, in the in the in the house because they got more votes than we do and they're and they're all they're all, the, the left controls that party and they're going to vote their crazy left-wing uh agenda same thing in the Senate. Even though it's tied, Kamala Harris can break the tie. We don't have the votes there. And, of course, even if we did have the votes and could could vote to to, uh, to change this stuff, Joe Biden's not going to sign it because he's in the White House. So, um, But the way you speak and the way you begin to make change in this country is on Election Day. And, and uh, you know, as we've said now a couple times, I think the country is, uh, is, is ready to make a big change. And I think it could be across the board. Like I said, we could win every one of those, those swing state Senate races because you can you can feel it happening. 
Congressman, I want to ask you about kind of two things in one question here. One is about something that's been a familiar theme, the cognitive decline of President Biden and his ability to literally lead this country. And number two, the honesty of the Biden administration. A federal judge just uh, halted the the unconstitutional student loan bailout. And I want to play a clip for you here that, that highlights those two things. As I say, it's either cognitive or dishonesty or maybe a, cog- a combination of the two. But I'm going to see if you can explain this to us. The other piece what we're trying to do is, you're probably aware, I've just signed a law that's being challenged by my Republican colleagues, who are the same people who got PPP loans during the for up to close, to, in some cases, up to five dollars $600,000. They have no problem with that. The individuals in Congress got those. But um, what we've provided for is if you went to school, if you qualify for a Pell Grant, you qualify for 2000 I mean, excuse me, uh, you, you qualify for $20,000 in debt forgiveness. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two, and it's in effect. Congressman, what in the yeah. living hell is he talking about? What got yeah. passed? There's nothing that got passed yeah. by a vote or two in Congress. He said he signed no. it into law and it got passed by a vote or two. What on earth is the President of the United States talking about? Yeah, and if, if I'm arguing in court, which, we, you know, this thing's going to go to court because this was unconstitutional what he did, mm-hmm. uh, I would bring that up, say even, even subconsciously the President of the United States knows that this thing had to be passed by Congress as evidenced by the fact that he said that. But, you know, that's not what happened. He just signed a crazy executive order and did it which even Pelosi said was unconstitutional. But the part that really gets me in that statement that he made is where he equates PPP loans to this, this student, uh, student loan forgiveness. The, the student loans, someone signed a contract, you're going to pay back for what you, what you get. You're, gonna, you're getting educated. You're going to pay back that loan. You signed a contract. The PPP was so different because government said you had to shut down your business. Government was mandating you close your business. For goodness sake, to, for him to try to equate those two is so disingenuous, so wrong, and so disgusting in my mind. Because remember what happened two years ago. It was Democrats saying, you can't operate your business. You're going to shut it down. And what's a, what's a person that, that, that is a takings under our Constitution, in my judgment. You have to compensate for that. That is so different than just saying, oh, I'm going to get rid of a student loan debt because I think it's going to help me politically uh, in, in the month before uh, an important election. What a, what a joke. Well, they're all doing that, of course. That's not he's not the first Democrat to bring that up no, ever know, since I the know. student loan thing. No, I'm I'm just I'm just uh, underscoring your point. The Democrats in general and yes, Joe Biden are literally trying to compare and have been since they rolled out this rid- ridiculous student loan debt forgiveness, uh comparing it to PPP loans that were taken. It is ridiculous. Um and right. and the comparison is 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 insane for all of the reasons you just said. Now, having said that, I want to hit one more time though on the president's cognitive ability. Um I don't know if you saw the other the other highlight over the weekend. He was speaking on MSNBC in the middle of a live televised interview. He fell asleep in the middle of answering his own question. Maybe you saw this. Maybe you didn't. For those who didn't, the the, the audio doesn't do it justice because you can't see him drift off. But listen anyway. Yeah. Let's see if we can listen anyway here. Intention to run again, and we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that uh, that I uh, that that we're that we're 
doing something very important. He forgot what the question was. The interviewer had to wake him yep. up and say, Mr. President, uh, 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 he, I mean, he's on live television, and he cannot stay awake. Now, I'm not trying to make fun of him for that. It's sad, really. And it happens to a yeah, lot of seniors. Sad. They just drift off. But he's the president of the United States, Congressman. No, it's 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 sad. I, I actually feel I feel for for I feel for Joe Biden the person. I feel for his family, mm-hmm. um, but we also feel for the country because, as you point out, this is the most important job on the planet, and you have to have someone who's who is is up for the task. <clears throat> and anyone with any common sense, any 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 American, every American can see that. Unfortunately, Joe Biden is not up up for the task, and it's and it's 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 so sad because. The, the, you know, we're talking about the president of the United States of America, the greatest nation ever, and the most important position in the world. Um, and frankly, I would say this too, and, and I, I, I wish Joe Biden nothing but the best with his, with his, any health concerns that may be there. The same for, for, uh, for uh, John Fetterman in, in Pennsylvania. But I don't think John Fetterman is up for the job of the United States Senator. And it's, we, we wish him this, a speedy recovery and we wish him the best of health, like we do all Americans and like we do all people. But, um, it, it, they're just not up to the task. And, again, I think that is beginning to get uh, through in, in, to the voters in Pennsylvania, and that's why you see Dr. Oz now. I think he's actually ahead in some uh, in some polls. Yeah, he is. And, and you know, I've talked about that in some depth, particularly when I was doing national shows because I could talk to the people mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania. And last week I was doing that. And it, when it comes to Fetterman, and I'm going to ask you about G.D. Vance since we're doing the, the, the Senate thing now. Uh, when it comes to Fetterman, though, it's more than just not being able to uh, up to the task because of his stroke and his ability to read, yeah. his ability to speak, his ability to communicate effectively, which you have to be able to do in the United States Senate. Aside from that, before his stroke, his policies were what they still are. He oh, yeah. sure. hates victims, sure. loves criminals, wants to empty prisons, yep. and literally compared, he said, you know, all the murderers in Pennsylvania's uh, uh, prisons are not like Dr. Hannibal Lecter. They're more like Morgan Freeman. They're more like your grandma and your grandpa. Do you think Morgan Freeman should have been put to death in, uh, or stay, especially the rest of his life in prison in Shawshank Redemption, he literally cannot separate Hollywood from from reality anymore, and that's how he wow. feels about about uh, about killers. Well, yeah, no, and, and he's 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 hard left on it seems to me everything. I think that is coming through, coupled with the concerns about his his health. And again, uh, Doctor Oz is conservative Republican running for the United States Senate, um, so I think that is that is the choice. And as we get closer and closer to Election Day, I think more and more Pennsylvanians are, are, are seeing it for what it is, and that's why you're seeing Dr. Oz begin to surge. Yeah, I think you're exactly right about that. So, so since we're on the Senate thing, um, we had our rally on, I know you were at the one in Columbus on uh, Friday yeah. night. We had our battleground rally on Saturday at the IX Center. Yep. And, um, you know, we're of course, we're talking about what it's going to take to push J.D. Vance over the top of uh, Tim Ryan in this Senate race. Of course, the stakes could not be higher. Control of the, I mean, Biden has already said that if they win two seats and have a two, have an advantage of 52-48, they will end the filibuster. They will begin to pack the court. They will indeed codify Roe. They will indeed add states and make sure that they can yeah. never lose another election again. It's that serious. Yeah. So what what can you do, Congressman? Ted Cruz came in from Texas last week to try to help yep. J.D. Vance, which I yep. loved, and I had him on the show. You're, you're of course, here. What, what can you do, what can you say to help push maybe some reticent conservatives um, over the top if they're just not quite sure if they want to cast their vote for J.D. or leave it blank? Because I've talked to many of them who are. What can you say to them? Well, 
I'll, I'll, I'll say what I've been saying around our state right, right, right here on your great show. Uh, the most important race in our state is the race for the United States Senate. We need to make sure J.D. Vance is the next senator for the great state of Ohio. So do any friends, family you have around this state, make sure you're contacting them. Say vote for J.D. It is, it is that critical. I know the Supreme Court races are important. I know our statewide ticket, our congressional races, and we got some congressional races there in the Akron area, up in the Toledo area. I get it. Vote for Republicans, vote for conservatives. But the most important race is the race for United States Senate. We can't, there's no way we're going to take back the Senate, it seems to me, if we lose a seat that's already in Republican hands. This is a Republican United States Senate seat. Let's keep it that way. Make sure J.D. wins, because that's how we're going to stop what you just described. How if they, if they control the Senate, they'll change those, the, the filibuster. They will move to pack. The, they've already introduced the bill to pack the court. Jerry Nazareth, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, has introduced the bill. So all those things are coming. That's why this is the most important race. Uh, I talk about every well, – I got a, a couple more events here later today. We're going to be talking about uh, J.D. Tomorrow night I'm with J.D. up at a big event in Allen County up in Lima. Um, so, yeah, that is the most – and you're, you're doing the same on radio. God bless you for doing that. It is the race in our state. No question about it, and and I have learned a lot more about J.D. Vance in the last 10 months than I knew before the primaries, and uh, I've been much, much more impressed and much more confident in his true conservative credentials, and I want anybody who may be questioning yep. those things, listen to you, listen to Ted Cruz, listen to me. J.D. is the guy, and he's going to do a tremendous job in that seat. We absolutely must get him yep. there. Last question for yep. you, Congressman. The CDC on Thursday or Friday, whichever one it was, uh, had a vote and unanimously decided to recommend adding COVID shots to kids' vaccine schedule, along with measles and MMR and all that stuff, right? Will states like Ohio be forced to require kids to have those shots then in order to attend school? Well, let's hope not, because it's wrong to do this. And I, I saw a stat this morning, only 5% of Americans are actually getting the whatever, you know, 15th shot, 16th, whatever shot we're on now. Are, are, are actually getting the, the latest shot. I think it's the fifth or sixth. I can't remember. But so, so the marketplace is speaking in a loud way, and yet the CDC is so often when you have, when you have left-wing bureaucrats and left, uh, left-wing-run government so out of touch with we the people, uh, the, the people aren't going to tolerate it. But if they do go forward with it, you can bet our state legislature will say no, not in our state. I mean, I know, I know, I know Senator Huffman, who's the president, and a great guy, good friend, great leader in our state he's going to say no way we're not going there. They, they, they will they will vote i think in our legislature to say we're not doing that in ohio you may be you, you crazy folks in california may want to go there if, that, if that's what the cdc says and, and the federal government says but not in our state and i think you'll see most states say no to that but let's hope it doesn't go there because it's 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 the wrong policy and uh, we know it's the wrong policy because the american people again they're smart and they're speaking now loud and clear with the idea that I, I, I think the stat was right that I saw this morning on some news show that only 5% are actually getting this latest latest. Well, shot. you're right. You know, actually, of the six-month to five-year-old crowd, which is the last one to get the uh, emergency use authorization, 2%, uh-huh. 2% of parents are getting that, that shot. Yeah, they don't perfect. want that. But, but yeah. Congressman, all due respect to what you just said, what about if they, if they threaten federal dollars, just like they are with these Title IX changes? You know, Biden and his team are saying no federal dollars for the school lunch programs coming. So your poor kids are going to starve if you don't agree to to allow boys on girls sports teams, uh, boys and girls showers, locker rooms, et cetera, et cetera, the whole nine yards with Title IX changes. They're holding money back. What if they do the same thing and say, hey, Ohio, you can't have federal dollars for this or that if you don't add uh, COVID requirements to come to school? Then you need then you need state legislators to, to have the courage to say, okay. 
Keep your darn money. We're not doing what we know is wrong. What we know is, is frankly not consistent with the Constitution. We're not doing, I was with the school district the other day and they had the attitude. We don't care what they say. We are not going down that road. Uh, and God bless these, these, these brave people at the school board level who are willing to, to, uh, to take that stand. But at some point you have to say, no, enough is enough. We but are do not. We, do we have the right people to say no to that, Congressman? Because I'll tell you something. There's a resolution in, that was in front of the Ohio Board of Education the last couple of weeks by Brendan Shea to, that basically says, no, we will not be a, uh, a changing Title IX policy. We're not going to make all of these things happen. There were just two out of this massive supermajority, veto-proof majority of the Ohio General Assembly. Two members were in attendance there in support of that resolution. The rest of them are cowardly and will say nothing. So if they won't stand well, up for think- that, Will they stand up to the ma- uh, mandatory COVID shot for your four-year-old to come to kindergarten? I think they will. And I, I, I think, again, the, the part of the message is going to be sent in a big way on November 8th. If it, if it goes the way we've been talking about, I think that sends a message. And that, that reinforces and that, that, that gives even more courage to people to stand. Those of us in, in Washington to stand strong and, and people at the state legislature and the school board level to say, no, we are not going to do it. That's how we that's how we affect change. That's how we actually send the statement and actually get results is on Election Day. And this is just underscores why it's so important that this win be as big as possible for conservatives and for Republicans on November 8th. Uh, the problem, I think, too, sir, is um, we're going to be facing an obstinate governor because the governor gave away millions of dollars in vax lotteries, telling people get get vaccinated and we'll 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 put you in the lottery for 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 free money. He is all in. You saw what he did to this state during COVID. He is all in on vax mandates and yeah. vax. Uh, stuff. So if the CDC says get your kids vaxxed or they can't go to school, uh, you think Mike DeWine is going to stand up to them? Not without, not unless you well, lend him your spine because he doesn't I have think, one. I think, I think after, I think after this election, I think I think there's a good chance that he does. But I also think, remember, we had a we had a legislature that overrode his veto. Um, so that 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 that's the kind of attitude we have to have uh, dealing with the out of control left and the mandates they want to impose on the citizens of our state and, frankly, citizens all across this uh, this great country. So I do think it's going to happen. And we're now at a frustration level, and we have so much more information about all the things they told us about COVID that turned out to be wrong. And you, know, you and I have highlighted these, but that so many things they told us that were just absolutely not accurate, um, I think that history helps us as well as we go into this fight. Congressman Jim Jordan, great job on Fox this morning. Appreciated seeing you, you there, and thank you so much for your time here. We appreciate that. You bet. Take care, Bob. Thank you. Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer went a little overtime with us here at 955. My apologies to him and his scheduling crew if he's got other places to be. But I think all of those issues matter. I really do. And I respectfully disagree that our uh, that our that our Republican-dominated General Assembly and our Republican governor will stand up to the federal government if they try to force those shots on your children before kindergarten, before they're allowed to be admitted to, into schools. If that happens, CDC can't force anything. They can't require. They can only make the recommendation. But the federal government can then say, based upon the CDC's recommendation, we're not giving you federal tax dollars for education, all 50 states, unless you go along with this. That terrifies me, given the weak, no-spine, weaselly little Napoleon that we have sitting in the governor's office. We'll be back after the news.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.